Good morning, everybody. Um, so this is the first Sunday in the season of Epiphany. Epiphany began officially this past week on Wednesday. And how did we kick off the Epiphany in this country? From the Washington Post. As President Trump told a sprawling crowd outside the White House that they should never accept defeat, hundreds of his supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol in what amounted to an attempted coup that they hoped would overthrow the election he lost. In the chaos, law enforcement officials said one woman was shot and killed by Capitol Police. The violent scene, much of it incited by the president's incendiary language, was like no other in modern American history, bringing to a sudden halt the congressional certification of Joe Biden's electoral victory. With polls bearing blue Trump flags, a mob that would eventually grow into the thousands bashed through the Capitol doors and windows, forcing their way past police officers unprepared for the onslaught. Lawmakers were evacuated shortly before an armed standoff in the House's chamber entrance. The woman who was shot was rushed to an ambulance, police said, and later died. Canisters of tear gas were fired across the rotunda's white marble floor, and on the steps outside the building, rioters flew Confederate flags. USA! USA! chanted the would-be saboteurs of a 244-year-old democracy. And yet in the midst of all of that, the Congress did come back and they did make final official the election of the new president and the beginning of the changeover in leadership. It was a very strange day for American politics, a very disturbing and unsettling day for American citizens. And now I am left with the challenge of how in the world do I connect these events that we can't just not talk about, that we can't just ignore, with the story from the gospel that we have today of the baptism of Jesus. So let's take a crack at it. Um, again, this is from the gospel of Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. I don't know, like how you picture this scene unfurling in your own mind, how you interpret the events of this. Um, do you, because the language in it is very, very um, intense um, and quite miraculous. The heavens are torn apart. What does that look like? The spirit descends like a dove. Like in your mind, do you see, is it a dove? Is it a literal dove that comes down and lands on his shoulder? Or is it this sense of peace that is best represented as the idea of a dove? Or is it something in between? I don't know. 
but this is a huge and miraculous and momentous and life-changing event. Um, it's interesting that Mark, this gospel doesn't say that these things happened. It doesn't say that everybody around saw it. It says that Jesus looked up and this is what he saw. So I don't know. Again, like did John the Baptist see the dove? Did he see the heavens rip open? Or was this an experience that was just reserved only for Jesus? I don't know. But it's this amazing, life-changing, miraculous experience that kicks off, as Mark says, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So that's one story. I want to tell you another story. Um, this one is in on a Sunday morning in August of, in the year 1996. And I was sitting in a pew at the Preston Crest Church of Christ, and I was nervous. This was the day after literally years of me sitting there in a, the same pew going, maybe I should go down there today. Uh, I don't know if I should do it today. Maybe not. Oh, someone else. Uh, literally years of this same conversation playing out in my mind. But it was going to be that day because I had, spoke my, I had spoken with my parents um, a few days prior. We'd had a conversation, and I've referred to, the, I've alluded to this before. There's always in our tradition this undercurrent of you need to get baptized because you don't know what might happen. But it's always done out of love. And honestly, it's, it was the encouragement that I needed because, like I said, it had been literally years that I had been contemplating and working up the courage to make this decision to do this. And the sermon is finished and they start to sing the song. And so I get up, I make my way to the front and my parents come with me. And uh, I get up in front of the whole church and my dad is there and uh, he he takes my confession and I make this public confession in front of the church. I do believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died, that he was resurrected, saved me from my sins. And then we go back into the back, right? Uh, there's a there's a in the church, in the auditorium, there's a baptistry behind the uh, behind the, the stage. And so we go back through the secret doors into the little hidden chambers that uh, as kids you try to find and go play in and hide in. Um, and change clothes because, you know, you're going to get wet. Um, and I remember being back in there. I remember the, the preacher giving my dad some tips. Have you ever done this before? No. It's like, hey, here's what you want to, you want to, you know, give, t- giving him kind of like the, a quick, tutorial on how to baptize a person uh and uh and then we make our way into the water and i remember i remember the water was i was surprised by this but it makes total sense it was warm um because gosh how how horrible would that be to step into a freezing cold uh pool in front of a whole bunch of people but i remember being surprised by that and you hear i can hear the church out there they're they're basically just singing songs kind of waiting for us to be ready uh, and so we get out there and, uh, and then it gets quiet and, um, and then my dad baptizes me, right? 
I now baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, and down into the water. And like I said before, like I've been contemplating this moment for a very, very long time. I, and I believed I was ready. Like I really was. I, and I probably should have done it sooner, but, but I was there at that moment and I was, I was nervous and I was excited because this was going to be the beginning of a brand new chapter, right? This was the start of something incredible. This is the culmination of my entire childhood up until this point. God himself, the Holy Spirit, was coming to descend and to live within me. And my old life was about to die. And my new life was about to begin. And, you know, just to, just to be clear, like, the, I grew up Church of Christ, so I'm not expecting to be able to speak in tongues or do miracles or anything. But but just knowing that, like, I'm, this this protection, this power, this... This new sense of life and purpose, um, freed from sin, right? Free from death. It was, I was about to experience it. And I went down into the water and I came back up. And if I'm honest with you, I felt exactly the same as I was before I went down into the water. And the rest of the day was, was great. There was there was cheering in the auditorium. They began to sing a song. Dried off. Lots of changed clothes. Lots of hugs. Took communion for the first time because you can only do that if you've been baptized. Apparently, maybe. Um, had uh, had a went out to lunch. My grandparents were there. It was a, it was a wonderful day, and um, and it was you know the beginning of a journey for me. But again, there was just this little bit of disappointment in the midst of all that because I was expecting for everything to be different. I was expecting to feel different. And I didn't. I I felt the same. I didn't notice a new presence within me. I didn't suddenly feel impervious to sin. I, I, I still felt all of the same temptations that I felt before. I, all of that was, was still the same. And it's really interesting to take that experience and to contrast it with the one that you see that Jesus had, where he goes down into the water and he sees heaven ripped open. (laughs) And he sees the spirit come and he hears the voice of God. This is my son. You are my son. I love you. I'm well pleased. So let me just pause here for a second and, and ask you all, those of you that, uh, that have been baptized, what was your experience like? Was it more like mine? Was it more like Jesus's? Uh, where, where on the spectrum was like, does any of this resonate with you? Uh, just drop your name in the chat and I'll, uh, call on you.
John Oliver. Yeah, um, my water baptism was hugely uh, meaningful to me. Uh, January the 30th, uh, 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 1977, I was 23 years old. The background is vital because I went to church from about age zero to about age eight. Got perfect uh, Sunday school attendance records. And then my parents' uh, marriage went from bad to horrible. We quit going to church. I was a seeking agnostic. And, um, you know, God existed. I talked widely conversations with my friends in high school and college. And went off into, into the new age and got into drugs and got to overdosing. And uh, thankfully, I didn't die with that. And thanks to my mother's prayers, I went to drug rehab. I was all messed up for 18 months. And my, my drug rehab was a Christian-based community. It was very, and, and, and they were trying to, they're trying to be like Christ with works. They, they didn't, they were Episcopals. And, um, it, uh, um, and, and, and I was modeling after them, trying to do right and do good. And I know I wasn't quite good enough ever. And uh, came out of that. And they heard the gospel. The one about works is about grace. And I was born again on the 16th. And they said, if you've never been water baptized, come back. And I knew during that two-week interval, I reflected and see, I had messed up my life. I could easily destroy my life and die. Uh, God redeemed me and saved me through rehab and through rebirth. And I had nothing to do but to live for him. And uh, I want to give all my life and all my soul and make him my, my Lord and Savior and do everything, anything for him. And so that was my moment to commit all every and anything from now on to serve god it was it was so much a feel I, I, had, I had amazing feelings two weeks before when i was saved amazing transformational my feelings came on two weeks before but that was a day to say okay you did all that for me i give you everything and anything from now on period and so i've been a zealot for god ever since in case somebody has noticed that Thank you so much for sharing that story, John. That's awesome. Charles. Um, I've been baptized twice, and I, I'll get to that. Uh, the first time I was baptized, I was 10 years old, and I remember the primary motivation <laughs> Was so I, my parents were church planners. We were in Missouri, and my two peers in our church um, were ten-year-old girls that I was really good friends with, Katie and Marissa. Both of them decided to get baptized, and being the good three that I am, I was like, "Well, I cannot have the my two uh, my two friends." Uh, get baptized and like, leave me in the dust here. Like I've got to keep up pace spiritually with my peers. And so dad, uh, I want to get baptized, man. I can't believe I didn't beat them at getting baptized. Um, so I did, uh, I did a Bible study with my dad. And I think the other, the other piece of it that I remember as a 10 year old was, that I could sense that my parents were just overjoyed 
and proud of me and the decision that I've made. And that was really important to me. Um, like feeling like I, I belonged to them in a way that was deeper than before I was baptized. Um, I grew up in Church of Christ too. And there's, there's, uh, baptism is a doctrine of fascination, as many of you know, within Churches of Christ. Um, when I was 19, I was studying in Athens, Greece for a semester. We had a guest preacher come and basically just try to sow doubt, uh, in the hearts of all of us who had been baptized. Are you sure you received the Holy Spirit when you were baptized? And I was like, gosh, I mean, I did it because my friends did it and I, I wanted to please my parents. And I, I mean, I really feel like I wanted to please God too, but I was 10, you know, I don't know. So I was baptized again. Uh, and I didn't tell my parents for years because I was embarrassed and I was afraid they would think that my, my first baptism was somehow not good or right. Um, or up to snuff, you know, and they had been the orchestrators of it. So my second baptism was in the Aegean Sea of all the places. That's a pretty cool place to be baptized. But uh, I see that kind of as a symbol of coming into young adulthood and into my own faith um, and kind of making a making a, a branching out from the affiliated faith of my youth to, oh, this is mine. This is, this is who I want to be really for me. Both of them served their purposes, but I mean, there were no miraculous signs and wonders that accompanied them. You can see like all kinds of emotions and motivations were at play in both of my experiences. Thank you, Charles. Ben. First, Charles, do you know if Katie and Marissa were baptized a second time? I don't know. If they weren't, then I'm winning. Definitely won. Yeah. Two, two things about my baptism, like you, uh, Ted, it was years of, of trying to make the decision. Only I think I made the decision like three or four times. And, you know, like a good church Christ kid, I, I went down for the invitations during the invitation song. And the three times, three or four times before I actually got baptized, I was told by the preacher, like, nah, you're not ready. You can't do it. And like having, having this deep sort of pull to, to enter the faith and be baptized and mustering up the courage to go down and then being told by some random person who didn't really know me. No, 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 you're not ready. And he very well may have been right. Um, but I, so when I finally got to it and the preacher and my parents agreed that I was, uh, of the age of accountability and that I could actually make the decision i was i was surprised at uh how little i felt like it felt like all of this build up and the three or four denials uh by the clergy and then i'm in the water and nothing happened uh i i wondered like okay did it take did i miss something maybe i wasn't ready this time and they they missed it um another thing that i remember the liturgy the, the liturgy around the confession that was taken um, I didn't, I didn't notice this until an adult, um, was, uh, do you believe that Jesus is the, the son of God, born of a virgin birth, uh, that he died, uh, for the forgiveness of your sins, that resurrection was not mentioned 
in the liturgy of the confession uh, of my youth, uh, which is probably pretty telling for the very conservative fundamentalist uh, church I grew up in. So those are my two memories of it. Thanks, Ben. Val. <laughs> I'm getting some comments from the peanut gallery, apparently. Um, I also grew up Church of Christ, and um, I was baptized when I was 13, and um, I think a lot of my motivations were um, more out of fear, like if I'm not baptized and I die, I'm going to hell, so I better go ahead and get baptized. Um, so sometimes looking back on it, I'm some, can be a little bit cynical about um, sort of the reasoning behind it, but my actual baptism was actually very meaningful to me. Um, I do remember it was my dad that baptized me, and instead of asking like normally in our church, they would ask like, "Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? That He came to Earth? That He died and for your sins and rose again?" And you would just say. Yes, but my dad um, pulled an audible unknown to me and just asked me, who do you think Jesus is? And then handed me the microphone, um, which I remember feeling extra nervous about. But what was special to me was once it got up into where our baptistry was and I stood in the water and then my dad, you know, baptized me. So he put me under the water and it was a really... um, sort of strange, peaceful feeling. I felt like I was in the water a long time, but not like a panic feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm drowning, but just like a really peaceful feeling. And I always have this memory of sort of feeling like um, there was (laughs) my dog, um, that there was another presence in the water with me. Like I like to think I, I envision it. It's always like a, um, a like motherly figure or it's a very female um, feeling to me. (laughs) And um, I just remember feeling that was like enveloped me in the water. And then when I like came up, it was sort of like, I was like, sort of like I came out of like a, a dream or something. So that part was very special to me, but I do have mixed feelings on baptism in general. And then just my motivations behind going into it. Thank you for sharing that, Val. That's love that. All right, Sarah Walker, we have time. Okay, I just feel a little compelled to share because I don't have a Church of Christ background, <laughs> so just <laughs> be the be the different story or the outlier, or different perspective, or whatever you want to call it. But I didn't know until just now that Ryan told me that y'all would get baptized as soon as um. As soon as you would, you know, go down to the front and get baptized, I was like, what? They didn't have a scheduled day because with Baptists, you had a very special scheduled day. Um, Ryan says not to waste money on heating the baptistry all the time. <laughs> but uh, also, we didn't uh, believe that, you know, you had to be baptized to get in heaven, I guess. So um, I became a Christian when I was nine, and it was a very profound experience, and I remember just a profound what I felt like was the filling of the Holy spirit. It was a Christian magic show. And the guy said he like, he showed a bunch of bowls of colored water and he would squeeze like dip a sponge into it and then pull it up and squeeze it. And he showed that whatever color water the sponge went into that when it was squeezed, that's the color water that would come out. 
And what he said was that, you know, Jesus would wash the inside of you clean so that when you were squeezed, clean water would come out. And I just remember feeling like, you know, I was filled with the Holy Spirit at that time. And I knew for sure that there was clean water in me. And I knew for sure that when I was squeezed, Jesus was going to come out. Um, and that's, I, I felt really secure in that, but my parents, specifically my dad did not want me to be baptized or join a church or in any way, like affiliate myself with a spiritual community. And so he would not let me. And then when I was, he wouldn't let me be baptized. And when I was about, I guess I was 18, I was either at, no, I was 18 and I was just about to turn 19. And I knew I was going to go to college and I was like, okay, I'm done with this. And so I had been going to a Baptist church and I said, I, w- I want to be baptized. And for me, um, it wasn't so much about a salvation thing as it was about getting to publicly identify myself as a Christian when I had not been sort of allowed to do so, I guess, if that makes sense. And so when I was baptized. And since it was a scheduled day, all of my friends were able to come. And I remember coming up out of the water and it wasn't a feeling of, okay, now I'm saved. It was a feeling of now I'm finally part of this family that I've wanted to be part of for so long. And they all know that I'm part of the family. (laughs) Um, And so that was just a really special feeling to me. I also got a letter that follows me around from Baptist church, to Baptist church, certifying that I have been baptized by immersion, which is important. So, um, which I find bizarre, but the letter, the letter is very weird. But anyway, for me, it was important regardless of the letter. <laughs> did, did you send a copy of that letter to us? I don't know if we have that in the files. I know, right? Wasn't that a requirement of her new gig? <laughs> yeah, we should have required that for the commissioning. Dad gum. We're going to have to get better with our due diligence on this. <laughs> oh my. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing that. Um, I was hoping that at least somebody with a non-Church of Christ background would would share that experience. Um, so I, I'm glad for that because there's a lot, and there's a lot similar, and there's a lot that's just um, very different. And even across all of the individual stories, too, there there are, there are similarities and there are differences. There are there are moments of uh, there are things that you expect and things that you don't expect, you know? Um, there are, um, there are glimpses of the spectacular, of, of the miraculous. Uh, Val, I really liked your, that, that sense of the presence that you shared in the water, um, that you felt. Um, and then yet, outside of the water, like, it's life again. It's, uh, it's just, everything kind of almost seems the same, as if nothing changed. And in thinking about this, 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 this talk and about baptism and trying to reconcile these differences between what I, as a 14-year-old, expected a baptism experience to be like versus what I actually experienced versus what I read about in the scriptures. Um, with, uh, I mean, you know, again, like no flaming tongues, that would have been cool. Um, 
or speaking in other languages or any of the stuff that you read about in Acts or even with or the stuff with Jesus, like the heavens being ripped open, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. Um, and yet the thing about the Jesus baptism story, as miraculous as it was, it's at the very beginning of the gospel story. And the very next thing that happens is he sent off to the desert for 40 days where he doesn't eat or drink anything. And then Satan shows up and begins to test him. This really amazing, miraculous experience followed by a really trying, horrible experience. Like I wouldn't survive that. Um, like there would say Satan wouldn't even have to show up after 40 days. That would have been it for me. But and so when I think about that and I think about my own experience, about this this chance of of reaching for the spectacular and the miraculous and yet being stuck here in in this reality. Um, it's a mixed bag. It's it's good and it's and it's also not. Um, and so that takes me back to the events of Wednesday, where on the one hand, I'm just looking in horror at what is transpiring in the nation's capital and thinking, how in the world did we let it get to this point? And wondering, is this really the fall? Is this really where this, this, the, is this the actual end of this democracy? Is this what's going on here? And then yet also seeing that things continue on. And this is, again, read nothing into the politics of, of, of my discussion about, about Wednesday. Um, I'm using it as a metaphor. It's a metaphor of, crazy ridiculous chaos in the, and in the midst there is the beginning of a, something new that is going to happen and that's what we see in the story of Jesus's baptism amidst all of the chaos of the roman occupation this dunk in the water is the beginning of something that's a journey that's new and honestly if i look back on my own life in that moment you know, I, it's not a straight path, my journey from that baptism to, to this day. Like I definitely went through high school and college and made every possible choice along the way. Um, but there is a through line. There, there is a connection. It is, it's the beginning of a journey. And so I look back on my own baptism, not as this amazing point of miraculous transformation that I was immediately changed from within into something else or this beginning and ushering in of the new era, but really of the first day that I made the decision to really open myself up to God and to the spirit. And I think that this is really a decision that I have to make every day. That it is something, it's a choice that we make at first 
and that we have to continue to make over and over and over again. Because I look back on my life, and after that, there were definitely points where I was like, I don't know that I was fully in sync with God in these moments. And there are other times when I look back and I say, yeah, I think maybe I am. Maybe I was here. Um, and so the the miraculous, the metaphysical, the spiritual, all of the other stuff, I don't know that I can speak with some with a ton of authority as to what happens at baptism. But I am sure that it is the beginning of a series of steps where we continue to make that choice over and over again. Um, the traditions that practice infant baptism have, have a time of confirmation, I think, that happens in the teenage years or something. Um, and so I think it's kind of like that. I think almost every day we confirm what we proclaimed and what we said with our baptism. Sarah, I love that your choice for baptism was uh, was more about making a statement, about about making an affiliation, about publicly saying this is who I am and who I want to be. Um, and I think that that's the choice that we make every day, regardless of all of the other things that are going on around us in the chaos, um, the good and the bad, regardless of how we feel on the inside, um, regardless of whether we are supernaturally empowered or we don't feel anything at all, we can still make the choice that today I'm going to open myself up to the spirit. I'm going to listen. Maybe I'll hear, maybe I won't, but I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to be here today.